Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. In light of the Thanksgiving holiday, we're rolling with a special family edition here on the NutraCast. Today's guest is Rob Masterson, the Director of Performance Nutrition at Michigan State University, aka my brother. Welcome to the NutraCast, Rob. Thanks, Danielle. I appreciate you having me on. So you oversee the nutrition operations for all the varsity teams. It's been a pretty incredible year for you and athletics. I mean, at one point, there wasn't even going to be a football season. And then fast forward to a few weeks ago, the Spartans took home the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an interesting year, I think, for everybody. And that includes us here in the athletic department, everyone here on campus. So it's been quite a whirlwind, but we're we're happy that we're at least having some sports be active right now, namely football. And season's been a little up and down, but, uh, you know, we got a big win in Ann Arbor and we're looking to add to that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're in the middle of a football season, but also in the midst of pandemic, when you look at the current football season and the current time, and then you compare it to this time last year, what has changed? Yeah, a lot's changed. I would say from a nutrition standpoint, that area really hasn't changed so much in the sense of the demands on on our athletes' bodies, their need to recover and refuel and, and take care of themselves so they remain healthy throughout an entire season. But the logistics behind it, you know, initially we weren't even able to have our normal uh, meals that we would set out for the athletes and, and football in particular, simply because of the restrictions and, and not having, you know, open food spaces or large groups being able to eat together. So we had to change things from a planning standpoint, logistically, you know, have grab and go meals and things like that. And it's slowly transitioned somewhat out of that, but that's still part of it. So I would say the biggest change looking back from this year to years past is, is just trying to navigate that additional caveat of making sure that we're putting our student athletes health and wellness. We've always put it at the forefront, but including that additional strain, which is COVID-19 and limiting any type of potential exposure or issues there. That's the biggest, biggest change. You know, we didn't have to have daily testing, which we do, we do now in years past. That was something that was not even on our radar. And so are you getting tested daily too, or just the athletes? No, any, any staff that's involved on a daily basis and essential operations gets tested daily. Yep. Antigen testing. What's been the athletes' reaction to all the changes? Are they rolling with the punches? Yeah, I think at first, and you kind of touched on it a little bit at the beginning, you know, when the, the season, the Big Ten canceled the season or, or postponed it. I think leading up to that, you know, we were just doing practices and some training and there was question marks. I think that was just lingering in everybody's mind, not just the players, but, you know, whether or not the season was actually going to happen, what it would look like if it was going to be our actual schedule that was already made or if it was going to have to be altered in some way. So I think there was a lot of question marks at first. And once that decision came down, gosh, I can't even remember exactly when, but uh, that the, the season was going to be postponed, you, you know, it was kind of like, well, we're going to continue training. We just don't know when we're going to get back on the field and, and play another team. But it wasn't long after that that, you know, we reversed course and, and a schedule was made and announced. And, you know, obviously now we're playing games. So I think, you know, there was a little bit of gray area there for a while, but 
But once we knew that we were actually going to be playing games, the players specifically were ready to go and really excited, I, I think, for the most part. Mm-hmm. This year has definitely set the bar pretty low in a lot of respects. But in the health and nutrition world, the bar really, I think, has been raised. Are you incorporating more immunity type ingredients into the athletes' diets or making any changes as a response to COVID? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I would say yes in the sense that we always try to incorporate, you know, immune boosting, anti-inflammatory type foods into our athletes' diets. And we've done that in years past and we'll continue to do that. But yes, COVID, obviously, I think it's just brought a more of a, a spotlight on immune health in general and how food and nutrition can relate to that. So I, I would say we're not really changing what we do because we already implemented a lot of things to help uh, support our, our athletes' immune systems, whether that's incorporating high zinc foods or vitamin C, you know, vitamin D of course plays a a huge role in in immune function as well. And and there's not too many foods that naturally contain vitamin D. Obviously it's known as the sunshine vitamin. And we get some of that obviously during the summer here in Michigan, but not too much once October hits and it won't come back out basically until April. Um, So, you know, sometimes supplementation based on laboratory tests and blood work that we do will require some supplementation for vitamin D. Um, but like I said, those are things that we've already incorporated in the past. I think now the change that I've seen is that our athletes themselves are really, really focused on it and really understand the importance. And just because they're, you know, obviously concerned like the rest of us that they want to have as strong of an immune system as possible and want to try to avoid contracting COVID. And so they're really focused on it as well. So it's almost made my job easier in that sense of explaining why those nutrients are important and how they can play a role in helping support immune health overall. So it sounds like they're taking their health more seriously compared to years past. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think everyone's kind of realized, you know, how easy it at least seems that, um, you know, we can contract different viruses. And, and of course, you know, whether it's COVID or anything else, we want to try to do what we can to boost our immune system, help defend against those sorts of things. So yeah, I would say that that's because of that spotlight. A lot of athletes, and I think people in general that are focused on that more now than ever. Along the lines of immunity, we're starting to see a lot of probiotics being incorporated into sports nutrition. Are probiotics something that most of them take or something that you advise them to take? It's something that we definitely discuss and educate them on. And it's something that when I sit down with an athlete for a one-on-one consultation, it's brought up oftentimes. And and for the very reason you mentioned, you know, it, it can help support the immune system. I'm sure you've heard 70% or more of your immune system is actually found in your gut. So the bacteria that's found in your digestive system that helps support your immune system obviously plays a huge role in the probiotics that you consume through food can really play a large influence on that. And so it's, it's brought up again in the context oftentimes of immune support. And so, yeah, I will oftentimes either recommend a probiotic supplement, or I like to start off first with talking about foods they can incorporate, whether it's yogurt or sauerkraut, kombucha, kefir, miso, kimchi, those sorts of things are food options that often are pretty foreign to a lot of our student athletes. But, you know, explaining what they are or where they can consume them, I think most, of course, know what yogurt is. But some of those other ones they may have not tried, but there's actually quite a few restaurants in the area and ways to, you know, get those foods in, whether it's going to the grocery store, or just going to a local restaurant and giving it a try. I always encourage them to try to incorporate those through a food first. And then if supplementation is appropriate or necessary, we will take that next step and do that. 
You mentioned sitting down and doing these one-on-one consultations, and I'm just wondering how personal do you get when we think about personalized nutrition? How are you able to keep a team supplemented, but also keep it personal? Yeah. Well, right now it's a little bit different because even my one-on-one consultations are done virtually. And so they're not sitting in my office like they used to. You know, I wish we could still have a little bit more of that person-to-person, eye-to-eye not just through a camera lens conversation, because I think it just lends to the rapport when you're working with a client or a student athlete or anyone for that matter. But yeah, it's, it's, it's still, you know, the same in the sense that we're discussing, you know, what their personal preferences are. And what I like to always start off with any athlete that I sit down with is explain to them that I'm not necessarily here to serve a role as a food police and tell them, you know, this is good, this is bad. It's, it's first to find out exactly what it is that their food preferences are. And I only will find that out once we have a discussion. I mean, we use different platforms and apps and things like that, where they can, you know, post their meals or food journal, we call it, or food logging. So I can see what their meals kind of look like on a day-to-day basis. And then we sit down and we review those, go over them. And that's when I start trying to help them choose the foods that are best for them, or they're going to optimize their health and their performance. So I really kind of try to provide that education with the lens of, again, I'm not the food police. I'm not going to tell you necessarily what's good, what's bad, but simply what's optimal and what's suboptimal. And you can choose, and maybe I'm just playing semantics there, but I found that that's more effective than simply telling someone, don't eat this, just eat this. You know, you asked about personalization and we take the personalized approach and I want them as an individual to understand why it is that I'm making the recommendations that I make and help them understand it. So when they leave here, whether that's four years or however long they're here at Michigan State University, they have a really good idea and a good foundation and understanding of, of how to fuel themselves and how to eat best for them for life, not, not just while they're playing football or basketball or any other sport for that matter, but yeah, for life. You mentioned blood work a few minutes ago. Do you do blood work on a regular basis? Uh, yeah, we want to make sure that we're not doing it unnecessarily, of course, just for the, you know, the sake of doing it. it. When we, you know, for vitamin D, for example, iron, those are really important nutrients that we often find in athletes across the board, not just necessarily in football, but in athletes across the board that may not be getting in enough of those specific nutrients. And so we'll do blood testing pretty regularly for those two in particular and uh, see where their levels are at. And if they're insufficient, you know, again, it's a combination of education and helping them understand what food sources can help improve their levels, but also supplementation if necessary at that point. And when you sit down and speak with the athletes, what are their main concerns? What are their comments? Is there something common you hear from a lot of them when you first sit down and chat with them? You know, it really ranges. I think it speaks to the, just the wide range of athlete we have here, not just by sport, whether it's a gymnast or one of our basketball athletes or a wrestler, but even their background, where they've come from. I mean, we've got athletes from all over the world and, uh, you know, they have very diverse and different backgrounds and come from different places. And so their concerns are also very, very diverse. I mean, as simple as I just, I just don't know if I'm eating enough to support my sport to, yeah, I'd really like to see if I need to supplement with a specific nutrient because of, you know, whatever reason I'm experiencing these symptoms. Could this be nutrition related? Hey, help me work on getting a six pack. I mean, it can <laughs> get all over the place. And um, I mean, some are much easier to address than others. I think the common theme that I've seen with our athletes is that the biggest challenge is helping them understand that oftentimes no 
no change is ever going to be a quick fix. And if you want results to stick, uh, they will take time. And I think that is also something that they don't hear very often in the nutrition world, at least in the media for the most part, whether that's in magazines or online, you know, oftentimes I'm finding myself having not just to teach them and help them learn something, but unlearn faulty information regarding nutrition. So, so yeah, it can vary all over the place. Yeah. I mean, especially when you see these videos, they're six week programs and people just think, okay, I'll do this workout a few days a week. I'll see results in six weeks. But like you mentioned, it probably takes some time and people just need to learn patience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're exactly right. You know, whether it's gaining the six pack in, in six weeks or lose 10 pounds in 10 days, it, it's all over the place. And, and you're exactly right. I think patience is important. And I kind of the analogy that I always like to make is, you know, again, whatever sport it is, let's take football. You know, these athletes didn't become the elite football player they are today overnight. It's taken 18 plus years to get to that point. And nutrition, while it may not take that long to to see the results they want. It does take time. It is not going to happen overnight. And so if they take that approach and look at it through that lens and that mindset that it oftentimes helps them achieve their goals, actually, ultimately more often than not. We talked about COVID and how immunity ingredients have kind of, you know, become more popular than they already were. Uh, What are some trends that you've noticed, especially in sports nutrition and what do you think will stick? Yeah, I, I mean, there's always so many trends, quite honestly, even for us as dietitians, it's hard to keep track of. But I think one that I've noticed, not just this year, but in years past, and a concern, not just in nutrition, but in, I think, globally is sustainability. And so that's one that I think is probably here to stay, or at least is going to be uh, around for a while. And so I've, I've seen, you know, athletes take an approach to go more plant-based or vegan, or I, the term I'm sure you've heard it like flexitarian, where they're just eating more plant-based options more often, not only because they feel that that may be a healthier option for them, but oftentimes, or at least sometimes I should say, simply because it's a, a more sustainable choice for them because they have concerns about sustainable practices, you know, through farming and farming practices with livestock and things like that as compared to plant-based options. So so I've, I think that's one trend that I've noticed more athletes going towards a plant-based approach. And I'm not a vegan or vegetarian myself, but I, like I said, my role is, is oftentimes to support our athletes and what choices they make. And that's certainly one that can be perfectly healthy for athletes. It's just important that they understand exactly what it is that they need to do. And I think that's where I come in and the guidance from a, a registered dietitian is really, really important. Interesting. How sustainable is Michigan State University? I graduated a few years ago, so it's been a while. I'm just curious what has changed since I've been there last. I mean, I, th- I think of the athletes in particular are thinking more on a global scale and just thinking, oh, I, I know that, you know, it takes a, a lot more, you know, water and resources to raise livestock as opposed to growing crops. But I can tell you, you know, sustainability is actually something that's been on our radar from a nutrition department, a sports nutrition department as well. So we've even changed things from like going to, you know, plastic cutlery to biodegradable options and bags and things like that. I know there's been a huge sustainable campaign on campus to reduce trash and and waste and increase recycling. So there's been recycling bins and things like that more prominently placed and more of them placed in our athletic facilities. So our sports arenas, our football stadium and our basketball facility and stadium. So, 
so yeah, it's uh, it's something that they're definitely taking a, a very seriously here at Michigan State and trying to be as green as possible. Yeah, it's nice to know that there's a spotlight on sustainability. And speaking of spotlights, I want to put one on you. I'm just curious, what is it like for you on a typical day on campus? Walk us through how day at work is for you. And also, what is it like being a male in a female-dominated field? <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. so I'll start with the day-to-day. For me, you know, again, we're, we're in the midst of a football season, so it starts early. I'm usually in, you know, no later than 7 in the morning, oftentimes earlier. Um, right now, campus does look a lot different in the sense that there's just not as many students. There's very few actually on campus. And so I guess one perk of that, if we can try to look at the glass half full or or at least some positive out of all of this, is that parking sure is a lot easier these days. So yeah, it starts with our daily testing. And so we, we do our antigen testing to make sure that um, we're good to go once we get our results from that. And we're cleared, you know, I'm off to meet with my interns and work in our fueling stations. So these are specific nutrition areas. You know, we, we just really have one mainly operating right now for football, but we have several across campus for various sports, but we're working in there prepping, getting food together for them to grab and go or snack options that they can choose. Again, all in the aim to help them fuel up for workouts or practice any type of physical activity and then recover afterwards. So I'm oftentimes spending quite a bit of time in there and then checking in with the rest of my team. We do have a couple of full-time staff members on our Spartans Fuel team, which is the name for our performance nutrition program. So checking in with them. And then for me in, in my role, there's a lot of administrative things too, whether that's managing our budget or, you know, communicating with administration as to what our needs are, what we need to do. And then of course, you know, sitting down or I, like I said, right now, doing it virtually, one-on-one consultations with our athletes. And so I do that on a daily basis with a number of them. And we're monitoring a lot of different things, you know, where their weight is, what their goals are, body composition testing, trying to figure out ways and, and working with them and how to improve that, you know, and then it's off to practice and we're watching guys and seeing how they're moving, what their energy levels are like, making sure they're hydrating appropriately. Then we kind of repeat that process. So, so that's what a season's kind of like, or at least in season for me at the moment. I want to say over 90% of RDs are female. Uh, normally we talk a lot about women being the minority, but in this case, you're a minority in, in this industry. So what is that like? Yeah, it's it's different. I, I, I am certainly a minority in this space. I would say in the sports realm specifically, there is a little bit more of a balance. There's certainly still far more female dietitians than there are males. But honestly, for me, it's it's never been something that I've thought too much about. As you know, I I, I mean, I grew up in a, a female-dominated household. And so mm-hmm. I've yeah, <laughs> um, been used to being around primarily females. And then even prior to coming here to Michigan State University and serving the role I serve now, I was a clinical dietitian in the Detroit area. And the entire team that I worked with was all female. I actually don't think in my tenure there, I worked with a single male dietitian and I was there for over four years. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just something that is. And, and I, I think, you know, there are many reasons why that might be the case, but I, I've never paid too much attention to it. I think, you know, I've always focused on just, you know, what my, my why, I guess you could say is, and my reasoning for doing what I do. I mean, I love nutrition and I love food and, and I love sports. And so the fact that I get to combine them um, is an absolute joy and blessing. And so I'm just happy about that. And outside of that, I, I don't really think about the 
the dynamics of a male or female and, you know, but it is reality. I mean, there's, it's definitely true. Mm -hmm. So the football season is going to be wrapping up pretty soon here, but it's on to basketball for you. What are you taking away from football that maybe will lend itself on to basketball? Yeah, well, I'm fortunate enough first to have another dietitian on staff that helps with basketball. And so, you know, what we'll take from this football season is, again, that logistical component. I think that's the biggest change in just managing the meals and where guys can eat and when they cannot eat and, uh, you know, what kind of, you know, facilities other places have travel precautions and making sure, you know, of course, we're wearing our masks when, when necessary and those sorts of things. So I think the logistical side of it and just managing that will be the biggest thing that I take away. And, and, and as I, you know, move over to basketball and assist with that, but like I said, fortunately, you know, after football season for me, I, I will support our other dietitian, Emily Werner, who, who does a great job with basketball, but she'll take the lead on that. And, and, uh, you know, I get the help to support at that moment. Okay, great. So you might get a little bit of a break. It won't be quite as hectic. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to think so to at least for a short bit there, but, um, the reality is actually my busiest season in terms of working with athletes actually comes in the off season. It's super busy. And that might sound weird to say, or, or, or for some of your listeners to hear, but um, it's, it, that's the case simply because during the season, yeah, I'm, I'm super busy and, and working with our athletes, obviously on a daily basis, but where we make real strides and changes in their diet and helping develop healthier habits and improving body composition that comes in the off season. So our off season programming is something that's very, very important. And so, yeah, well, there might be a short breather here, but we're going to get right back to work and working with them and helping them improve um, again, their eating habits and, and their health and, and body composition. So, so yeah. And speaking of eating habits, we have the holiday season coming up. Uh, what are your plans? Are you allowed to leave or, or what are the guidelines for you? No. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. That's, I think, you know, one of the unfortunate things is obviously the virus is still alive and well, and, and, and who knows when, or if, you know, I mean, it, there's gotta be a time. I think we're all trying to be as hopeful as possible, um, and hope that, you know, we get this thing under control, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be following the guidelines of our governor here and, and the, the Michigan Health Department and what they've advised. So we'll be having a, a grab and go meal from the facility here and I'll, I'll take that home and have it at my apartment with my girlfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's safe to say not, we're not going to see you at mom's anytime soon. Maybe we can FaceTime. You know, 2020 is all virtual, I feel like. So yeah, that's, that's going to be what it'll probably have to be. So All right, Rob Masterson, Director of Performance Nutrition at Michigan State University. Thank you for coming on the NutriCast and go green. Go away. Thank you, Danielle. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.